to The Fulfilled Accountant, the podcast that teaches you how to actually enjoy your work as an accounting or finance professional and have a life. Learn the tools to live with less stress and feel fulfilled, happy, and valuable while also creating the success you desire in your career. If you're finished playing the game by outdated rules, you're in the right place. I'm your host, former accountant and multi-passionate entrepreneur turned life coach, Sarah Nemechek. For a lot of accountants, this week marks the end of busy season. That said, I don't know that the busyness of accounting ever truly ends. And if it makes more sense to you to just see it as a pause, that totally works. The point today is that anytime you get a chance to pull your head up from the hustle and breathe, it's a great opportunity to do an evaluation so that you can hone in on not only what you want to change, but what you want to double down on and keep doing even more of. The cyclical or repetitive nature of accounting is one of the most frustrating aspects of the profession for a lot of us. Why do we do the same thing over and over every month, every quarter, every year? The same clients and the same people bring the same drama and the last minute things and all the stuff that we have to do at the last minute with the same procedures, same mistakes even. Why does that keep happening? Because a lot of times we don't take the time or we don't make the time to do those things that we're going to actually make a change. And finance and accounting in general have a lot of long-standing procedures and methods and accepted things that don't really make sense in all the ways right now, but are also really hard to change because we've been doing it that way so long. And that's what we're here to do today. Change old ways and make things better and more interesting. Today, I'm sharing a great way to start changing things for yourself, your company, or your own business, depending on where you are in the industry. And that is through a post-busy season evaluation. I use this process with my clients constantly for everything they do, not just for end of season things. And you can do this once a year after your big busy period. You can do it every quarter, every month, or as often as you like for all sorts of things. So think about what you normally do after you get through busy season or through a big project. Do you take time off? Or maybe like I used to do, you get sick because all of a sudden you slow down, you start to rest, you step away and you're like, oh, now all that stuff can come on and hit me. Or maybe you go on a big vacation that you've been looking forward to for a long time. Or perhaps you just keep on plugging away as though nothing has changed. And that's pretty common as well. Whatever you do, you likely push all those frustrations as well as all those wins from your busy season or your project to the back burner. And you ignore them until next year when you're halfway through and wondering why it's always the same. Right now, it's really easy to think, oh, I've got a whole year until I need to figure this out again. I'll just push it aside. And besides, you're busy right now or you want to take time off. You don't want to deal with this right now. There's plenty of time to evaluate and make plans later, right? Except that most of us never really get back to it. That's why now is the best time to do this work. Yes, of course, please take some time off, do some resting, but make this evaluation your first task when you come back instead of diving right into whatever the next batch of work that's waiting for you happens to be. There are so many reasons that it's important to do this evaluation and to do it now. First, the experience is fresh in your mind. I know you think you'll remember it all later, but our brains are not the best at remembering details. You will clear out the key details that you want to address so your brain can handle the new information and matters that will keep coming up every day the rest of the year. You'll forget things. Second, and we all do this, we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year and overestimate what we can do in a month. 
If you evaluate now, you'll identify exactly what you want to change, and you can create a plan to make it actually happen before your next busy season is here. Procrastination, regardless of the motivation behind it, is a huge enemy of improvement. You're busy all the time. I get it. But if you want to make large-scale, impactful changes, you want to tackle it head-on now. Not a year from now, not six months from now. There really will never be a good time, a better time, or a perfect time for anything that you want to do. A client of mine recently said that she was drowning near the end of her busy season. She reached out so we could talk about it. She was so frustrated because so many of her clients had popped up with annoying last-minute complications, which is pretty normal, but those were preventing her from wrapping up her busy season the way that she had planned. She had planned for and scheduled time to deal with specific clients that she knew always kind of did this drill, thanks to doing past evaluations. But a few others had found some curveballs they could send her way. So as we talked and she unloaded all the frustrating things happening in the firm and with her clients, here's what stood out to me. Most of her debilitating frustrations were based on her reaction to the things happening, her feelings and her thoughts about why these were all such huge problems. That's totally normal. She's allowed to have opinions. That's not a problem to have those. But here's what we did. We did a little mini evaluation to get her back on track. I reflected the sentences that she said back to her and pointed out how emotionally charged they were. Because when our emotions are running high, our intelligence and our energy and efficiency go way down. So to pull out of the emotion, we looked at what the data shows about all the problems she listed. What was going well, actually? What was already done and what had worked so far? Was there an actual problem to solve with these clients or was she just frustrated? Was she going to be able to meet her deadlines? What did we actually want to fix here? Factually, everything was actually going pretty well. Most of the returns for her clients were already done. She'd already filed them. They'd been paid. Everything was great. And when we looked at the details, she actually had a plan for all those remaining dramatic, annoying clients. And she still has plenty of time to wrap those things up. Most of her frustration was really coming from the belief that her clients should be more timely in responding and sending information. They should understand their numbers. They should prepare their cash. They should remember deadlines. This shouldn't happen in busy season. This should be different. All of those shoulds are what make a lot of us have a really miserable time in our jobs. And not to mention, it felt like a personal insult to her when she was thinking about this, that these people were not taking their own businesses more seriously. She felt like, why are they not understanding this stuff when I see it so clearly? And when you care about your clients and your profession, that's a pretty normal feeling to have. You react that way. It makes sense because you care. But it doesn't help you or your clients. And those thoughts about the clients aren't actually universal objective truth. They're just thoughts that you might have. A lot of us probably have them, but it doesn't mean that they are true or factual. And that's really important distinction to have. So we talked about what wasn't working for the later part of her busy season. All the last minute drama, mostly. And listen, I am not a fan of drama, but I know two things about it. One, drama comes from our thoughts and feelings which means we have a lot of control over it. And that's where coaching is so useful to us. And two, not only can we control how we respond, we also have the power to plan and set boundaries with our clients, with ourselves, with our job, with so many things. And this is where the evaluation process is so key. When you get clear about the facts and the stories and commit to changing things next time, you learn how to communicate new procedures to everyone involved. You can recruit others and show them how this new approach will serve them even better. 
And by others, I mean your clients, your colleagues, your peers, the people above you, below you, anyone that's part of that process. And you can even schedule in time to manage that process as you go. Here's what I believe about humans and clients in particular. They're going to do what they want. They're going to behave however they're going to behave. We can't control them or make them or force them to do anything. And they are allowed to do what they want. If we want to experience them differently, rather than trying to change them or wishing they would change or deciding all these things that they should do, we get to just choose how we respond. We can manage how we think about it. We can create boundaries and then stick with those boundaries. Or if we really want to, we can sever certain client service relationships in our most drastic cases. And that's not a problem. For my client in particular, I challenge her to consider that her clients have their other strengths, not numbers or taxes in this case. And this is why they pay her, because she has the strengths in the taxes and the numbers and the managing of things. She makes it easy for them. And it's part of why her work is so valuable to them. She knows the answers. She can hold their hands to a degree. And she gets to decide what that degree is. And when she can pause and reframe the things that feel incredibly frustrating or personal in the moment, she can turn those into things that are more like, oh, this is just a normal course of business. And of course, they're behaving this way. This is what they know how to do. And I know how to help them. And that's why I'm so useful to them. And it totally switches how she feels as she goes through the work. And this is just a tiny piece of how I walk through the evaluation process with clients. So How can you evaluate your busy season so that future years and projects work better for you and your team and even your clients? This process can actually help you improve really any aspect of your work, especially the things that just never seem to change no matter what you do. That's where evaluations are really, really useful. And the process of the evaluation is actually pretty simple. It's literally just asking yourself questions about how the process went, what results you got, why, and what you want to change. The hard part, as with most things, is actually doing the evaluation in its entirety. And listen, this process is important at any level and in any role that you work in. It can help you improve your firm. It can improve your client service, whether that's serving clients internally in a company or externally that hire you. It can improve your own performance. And it can help you create more time and satisfaction for you and help you make big decisions for yourself and the company. And one of those decisions might be, do I want to keep doing this business? Do I want to keep these clients? Do I want to stay with this company if you're an employee? Or even if you own the company, maybe you want to sell it. So many things can come from this process. So here are my five keys to making the evaluation process super useful. First, actually do it. Block out time on your calendar. Commit to yourself. Honestly, most people listen to me talk about this process, probably read a lot of books about things like this, and think it's a great idea but then they don't even get through step one of actually evaluating. Second, do the evaluation as soon as possible after the event, the performance, the experience, whatever it is that you're evaluating. The more time that passes between when it happens and when you evaluate it, the more you tend to forget. You really want to get all of those details out because it's in the details where you find the changes. Three, you want to put it in writing. It doesn't have to be formal or fancy. Just don't do it in your head or reflect on it in passing here and there. Write it down and read it back to yourself, whether it's right away or a little bit later. And listen, I spent a long time thinking that I was effective at evaluating in my head, 
especially for simple things or things that were just for my own performance. And it turns out I was extremely wrong. When I take the time to write down my evaluations in detail, read through them, reflect on them, come back to them even, my insights are more than double. And I actually take more actions on making the changes that I identify in the process when I'm writing the process down because I actually recognize them and I can remember them and come back to them. And it really doesn't matter how you write it, whether it's typing by hand, et cetera, that that doesn't matter for this. It's more that you want to get it out of your head and down where you can see it visually staring you in the face because it's hard to argue with yourself when you write it down. And our brains do so many things on autopilot that doing your evaluation process in your head means you tend to ignore, rush past, or not even notice some of the most important pieces of information that can lead to your greatest growth or improvements. In fact, even when I write stuff down, when I read things or reflect things or say things and share these things with my own coach, she always catches all sorts of things that I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that was what I was doing or that was my issue. It's so valuable to go through this process. Fourth, do this as a detailed brain dump. Get it all out of your head. Don't try to make it like this special process that follows a certain format or has to be presentable to someone. I think it's really actually best done alone and not necessarily intended to be shared with others inside your company in its raw form. That way you can actually empty your brain freely. You can write out the things that piss you off without worrying about being impolite or calling someone out or even being wrong. The freer you are with your words, the more you will learn and the more likely you will find problems that you weren't even aware of and solutions that you probably didn't even consider. And finally, when you read back through the evaluation, look through what you wrote for things that are fact versus things that are stories or opinion. So things that you can like quantify with, say, numbers versus things that you might call an adjective or interpretation of something. Look for what you can control more than what you can blame. And if you find yourself blaming lots of outside circumstances, bring it back to you. How can you impact that outside element in the future? Let this process be uncomfortable because when you can let it be uncomfortable without making it mean that you're a failure, you will really open yourself to way more insight in this process. Want to do even better? Review it with someone unrelated to your organization when you're finished. Going through this evaluation process with my clients is super valuable because I'm not involved in their everyday work life. I don't share the same biases. I don't share the backstory or the opinions about the people, the processes, all the things that people in your company tend to know, share, think alike about. I don't have that. I also don't have the same attachment or acceptance. I just don't have those same thoughts about things that have just always been done that way or you know, an aversion to trying something different that might be kind of weird or unaccepted in your industry. So I can see things that you don't see, both good and bad. I can see the things that are working well that you may not even realize are steps that you're taking. That actually is one of those things that can really shift how you train new employees or how you communicate with contractors or clients. It's those things that you take for granted or that are really key to explaining to other people or making sure that things get done when you're trying to have that knowledge transfer to new people or different people. I can also see subtle things that aren't working that could be really simple to change if you just knew they were happening and that you could change them. And now I want to share two bonus tips that a lot of people miss in this process. First, start with the good. Start the process by focusing on what went well. What did you enjoy? What worked great? Kind of like the let's celebrate the wins approach because our brains naturally start with what's wrong. 
It's actually a survival mechanism that we've developed. But that also puts your brain in a state where seeing the useful, functional, good things is much harder. By starting with the good, you put your brain in a more open, curious, and problem-solving mode. You're more likely to evaluate from a neutral perspective instead of only looking for what's wrong with everything and everyone. You'll still examine what didn't work and what you want to do differently. You just don't want to start there because it'll put your brain in a less open, less curious place. And it's much harder to get out of that space once you're in it. And the other bonus tip is for you high performers who love achieving. If you're used to achieving, you likely also judge and criticize your own performance if it's anything short of amazing with a lot of harshness. And you likely believe that doing this is part of why you're successful. And that is an entirely separate conversation that we will eventually have. But to keep it short and focused on this piece that most impacts your evaluations, that's what we're going to do right now. While I want you to look at your role in everything, it's from a place of responsibility and leadership where you have the power to impact things. I don't want you to do it from a what's wrong with you because you'll never be good enough perspective. I just had to add that because been there a lot. I know if you use what I shared today, you can make some big shifts in how you approach your work. This approach to evaluations has completely changed my business and I even use it at home with my family and in my personal goals. And it is so useful. So whenever your busy season ends or you have a project or process that you want to change or improve, follow this process and enjoy the improvements you create. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in and remember to come back for more each week to keep your brain operating at its highest level so you can enjoy your accounting and finance career while also having a life you love. Want even more tips on living a life you love while feeling less stressed and more fulfilled in your accounting and finance work? Get on my email list where I share new perspectives every week. Seriously, I think you'll enjoy these emails. Sign up at the link in the show notes or by visiting my website at sarahnemachek.com.